Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast. It's volume 11, issue 541. And in honour of the 30th anniversary of its release, it's Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, it's Carl Moon. Hey everyone. Tony Atkins. 30? I know. <laughs> I know, right? And over the horizon, like a Chaos Emerald at the end of a special stage, we have a new contributor to the show. It's a video game developer, principal game designer at Sumo, Jamie Smith. Welcome. Hello there. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, you've worked on some uh, some cool projects. You're currently working on three redacted projects, unannounced, <laughs> uh, to be to be confirmed. But yeah, we've definitely got some Sumo fans in the house here. Um, and of course, Sumo has had its pause on Sonic in the past as well. Yeah, that's it. The, the Sonic Racing franchise. Unfortunately, I've never uh, got to work on that no. franchise yet, at least. Um, Not yet. The, the, I, I can't. Yeah, exactly. I can't say anything about the redacted projects, kind of either. But sure. Um, yeah, but, but but certainly, I don't think it'll be the last time that Sumo will work with Sega in that kind of capacity. Beautiful. Right. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, then, is uh, a storied title, so we'll get into it. It is, of course, a 2D platformer, as if you needed telling, and the second main game in Sega's now long, long, long-running Sonic the Hedgehog series. Now, Jamie, do you remember Sonic Tuesday? Were you there at the dawn of Sonic 2 Mania? Now that you say that, I mean, I have to start showing my age. So for, for yeah. me, my, my history goes back as that I was only four kind of when it was released so i was, I was born yeah. in 88 so at that time i when you say that i don't remember it but at the same time i don't remember a time before sonic you know sonic's always been right. there in my life kind of thing but i don't specifically remember that day unfortunately ah oh, bless so what is your history with sonic 2 uh 8 and or 16 bit yeah um, so it's an interesting one so i'll start with the blasphemous kind of statement is that i didn't own a mega drive or Sonic 2 at the time. I had a, um, mm-hmm. a Master System, Sonic 1, 2, and Sonic Chaos is where I played you know, quite a lot at the oh, time. Yeah. Uh, I had the Master System that had Alex Kidd built in, so unfortunately I was a bit yes. sad that I didn't have the uh, the Sonic version. Um, yeah. <laughs> but however, you know, at the same time, my mom had a couple of friends, and one of them was actually our neighbour, and one of them was another friend that lived nearby, and they were kind of like the the older kind of big brothers um, that all had the Mega Drive, they all had the SNES, they all had you know eventually the PlayStation and so on. Um, but specifically, it was my neighbours that had Mega Drive two, tons and tons of games, you know, all different things, you know, Ren and Stimpy, Mortal Kombat and so on. But literally, we just used to play Sonic 2 all of the time. Yeah. So I would just go around to theirs almost every day after school. If they ever went on holiday, then I would be lucky enough to kind of, you know, keep the uh, the Mega Drive for myself for, you know, maybe a couple of weeks at a time. Um, I remember it got to my fifth birthday, and that's the point I was really getting into Sonic. Started collecting the annuals, watching the cartoons, collecting the memorabilia. Uh, you kind of scattered in this office that I'm currently in. Uh, I had a fifth birthday cake, birthday which was also Sonic. So basically, at this Aww. point, I'm almost like Aww. a Sonic fanatic, <laughs> but pretty yes. much. Um, and then um, at, at that point, you know, I was probably a bit too young to kind of complete the game, but I've noticed that there's probably three or four times I've went back and forth to the Sonic franchise to complete it. So maybe I've completed it maybe a couple of times in the 90s. Then again in the mid-2000s with the Mega Drive collection. I think that was on PS2. Um, and then the next couple of times I remember was before Sonic Generations and before Sonic Mania. Mm. I, I went back and yeah. went, went through the original games. Um, but that's it, kind of broadly speaking. And then as you touched upon, 
my most kind of recent role, not just at Sumo, but previously I was I was at the university. I was involved with uh, Nigel Kitchen, who was one of the Sonic the Comic kind of artists. And wow. then as, yeah, so, so, so he was working there. So I, I was there as both a student and a kind of lecturer at different stages, but kind of I know him fairly well. And then we've got uh, some people that are in our brand and kind of marketing team at Sumo. Um, they were previously at Sumo, uh, Sega. And then funnily enough, when I told them I was going on to a podcast about the 30-year anniversary of Sonic 2, <laughs> they said they remember the promotion of the 20-year anniversary of uh, Sonic <laughs> 1. So they, you know, they were promoting yeah. that stuff, which is pretty interesting. Um, so that's it's almost like it's permeated kind of my life. And as I said, I don't really remember a time before him ever existing, kind of ever. But, but maybe yeah. that shows something about my head. <laughs> you are the perfect uh, guest for the Sonic 2 show by the sounds of it. Excellent. Yeah. Tony. What about you? Do you remember early Sonic 2 or were you also too young? <laughs> Definitely not too young. So was it 92? So I'm 12. So that's probably, you know. I, Almost I would, peak Sonic. Yeah, age. I would have been like the cool kid. You know, I'm going with Sonic, not Mario, because Sonic's cool. Yeah. Um, so that, that would have been the cool. But, but I always, I've had this interesting thing with the Mega Drive. I suppose the genesis with people <laughs> from the States, but I'm going to say Mega Drive for the rest of the show. Um, with the Mega Drive is that I got it as a second-hand bundle um, from somebody that had kind of finished with it. So I was a bit later later into the game with um, Sonic and Sonic 2. So I wasn't there for Sonic Tuesday. Um, but so I've always had that experience where I've had Sonic 2 at the same time as Sonic 1. Um, which probably does kind of colour my experience on both those games because they're very, you know they're they're a little different from each other, which I'm sure we'll we'll cover in the show. Um, so I'm going to say probably a couple a good couple of years after its release is probably when I picked it up, and it was like a huge bundle of a ton of games, not just Sonic, you know, all the all the classics at that point, and got it for a, a cheap price. So, um, but um, I've been playing it uh, pretty much most of this week um, via the Switch release okay um, sega ages version because there yes. amazingly enough there are there actually three different ways to play it on on switch and um we'll we'll talk about but the standalone the sega ages sega version, ages which is kind of a that, more purist <laughs> it's 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 in my opinion the best way yeah, okay, to well, play it um, in in modern um, times because it's uh it's it's just a fantastic version yes yeah, so i've gone back and, and played through that seen it through the end credits and like most of the times when i do that i i do wonder whether i actually ever finished the game when i was younger because ah. <laughs> i'm like yeah i vaguely remember this level or is this just from magazines because yep okay right <laughs> so yeah. anyway we'll get there perfect carl you're closer in age to jamie i think yeah i'm sort of midway between the two right so okay. ja- jamie thinks he's showing his age but he's still the whippersnapper of the podcast yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey. um, new whippersnapper baby son so, <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, I, I was there uh, as an 8-bit gamer. I was very aware of Sonic. I mean, I, I think he's one of those characters. He's maintained his position kind of on the gaming zeitgeist, even through countless really poor games. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this was at the, the sort of, I suppose, the stronger end of the franchise. I think it's probably safe to say. Uh, I did have the first game on the Game Gear. I was a Game Gear gamer, uh, my best friend. Um, who Jamie also knows through Teesside University, ah. um, had the Master System. So that was my access to playing the Master System version. I played the Game Gear version. My friend down the bottom of the street had the Mega Drive version. So I, I, I did at least have some coverage of, of kind of all three iterations that were available. But my premier, uh, my my sort of access to it was the uh, the Game Gear version, which for my money is definitely better than the Master System version. Um, 
Hmm, interesting. Because of the music. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, albeit brutally difficult with the smaller sort of frame of, of yeah. view that was in that Widely game. regarded as Sonic 2 on the Game Gear, widely regarded as the hardest 2D Sonic game in existence. <laughs> it's very, very <laughs> difficult. You do not get a lot and of not, reaction not always time. for the right reason. For the longest time, I preferred the first game to the sequel uh, when playing on the Game Gear. Mm-hmm. Until a lot of years later, by a lot, I mean like four or five, um, but I'm talking kind of after launch, where my uh, mum's best friend would look after me before school and after school, and she had two daughters that I'd known growing up, and they ended up having a Mega Drive for whatever reason. Um, and amongst a couple of the games, NHL 94 being one of the ones that I would play a lot of, uh, we would rotate, and they wanted to always play Sonic. And... They were like, oh, go on, have a go, do this level, do this level. And I ended up sort of at that point is where I kind of picked a love up from it. And it was oddly running the um, the ring collection missions to get the Chaos Emeralds that mm. actually got me into it, which is a little bit different from, from how I enjoyed, obviously, the first game. And then it became one of those pass the controllers, live a life things. And I, I used to be able to, you know, do the first three levels uh, pretty consistently. And uh, I ended up really kind of, Falling in love with Sonic 2, it became a whole different game from me from what it was when I originally played it. So I went from kind of middle into, yeah, I don't read, it's okay for the first game personally, to actually, do you know what? It is absolutely a Stone Cold classic. I remember Sonic Tuesday because I'm older, I guess, uh, and, <laughs> and again, I have a really yeah. clear memory of, of uh, 1992, November. How old are you at this point then, Leon? I was 20, just 20. Um, Probably the yeah, getting on for tw- 20 and a half, if you like. Um, so, yeah, too old, really. But, um, for have you, have but you actually, grown out those video games yet? By yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, it's, just a, um, it's just a phase. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually sent, so this was a time I was uh, was working in a burger bar, which I probably mentioned before. I worked there for some years, shift work. And a friend who used to work there, who's now quite a successful local brewer, of all things, um, Andy, we would game together often after late night shifts and in, into the wee small hours playing PGA Tour golf and goodness knows what else. Um, but he, you know, he, he he was generally enthused about games as I was at that point. And uh, I remember he went into town. We had this uh, local game shop in Brighton. It's possible one or two of our listeners may remember TCM. Um, I think it started as a stationary shop, but they sort of branched into video games because <laughs> I think there was more money in uh, in Nintendo cartridges than there was in paper clips at that point. Uh, and uh, he was a friendly guy, and I used to go in and chat with him and trade stuff and whatever else. And he he made it known that he was getting in Sonic Two on day one, and he used to sell them for a little bit less than the big retail stores. So I, I believe I gave Andy or paid him back 38 quid, I think it was, rather than the 39.99. I remember him turning up late morning, I think it was. I was pretty excited. Uh, Sonic 2 was a, was a big deal and, uh, and we played it kind of all that day. And I remember him at one point saying, I don't like this as much as Sonic 1. And I was a bit, I was a bit taken aback because I was having a great time. But um, in hindsight, I think maybe I still slightly prefer Sonic 1. But anyway. Uh, also, familiarity, isn't it? 
after you've been yeah, playing Sonic exactly. One for literally probably hundreds of hours at that stage. Yeah, you know. uh, and 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 I did get the sense that this was um, somehow it wasn't. It didn't feel like exactly the same development team, and indeed it wasn't. Uh, we'll come on to that. But uh, yeah, so I, I played that version tons on that Mega Drive. Probably had more than one Mega Drive copy because it was in the days of trading things in mm. and then rebuying them for cheaper and all that kind of thing. I have, I actually own more official copies of Sonic 2 than possibly any other game, <laughs> so many so that I couldn't actually remember how many I had across various formats. It's been released so many times. Um, and I actually, the version that I've been back to most, I've played a little bit of all of the ones I've got to compare and contrast, but the one I've played most is actually the 2007 Xbox 360 Sega Vintage Collection release, simply because it had a bunch of achievements that I hadn't unlocked, so it gave me that sort of extra incentive to get to the end of the game, collect all the Chaos Emeralds again and and do that. But yeah, I definitely did that back in the day, um, became supersonic, and all the fun that that entails, or doesn't, <laughs> tails pun intended, we'll come <laughs> on to that. But yes, I've, it's fair to say I've probably played more of the first few levels than the later levels over the years because you play Emerald, you know, Emerald Hill and then you kind of, once you start getting to the tricky stuff, the trickier stuff, shall we say, often that's when I've kind of drifted away from it. Hence me having achievements still to get on the 360 version. But now they're, they're mostly done, apart from the time attack ones. Because hmm. anyway... It came out on the Mega Drive. It was developed by Sega Technical Institute. Uh, so this was the studio set up in America with Mark Cerny, who was a kind of young prodigy, already worked for Atari since he was age 17. Um, and this Sega studio, the, the idea was, I think, that they would mentor Western developers with Japanese developers to try and get them to kind of learn off them, basically. The credits are interesting in that they are obviously both uh, full of American and Japanese names and pseudonyms. Um, one of the names that always stands out to me is Rieko Kodama. She, uh, she's the artist, uh, one of the artists on the game, and she went on to make games like Fantasy Star. Um, or uh, she'd already, uh, I guess she'd already worked on some Fantasy Star by then. Worked on more Fantasy Star and Skies of Arcadia and stuff. Um, uh, Valkyrie, what's that one? <laughs> my brain is it valkyria chronicle like that that's the one thank you jamie thank you yeah uh and masato nakamura bass player from uh dreams come true returned as the composer uh including one of the songs which also appears uh melodically on on the accompanying album of the time so then it came the release uh the the 8-bit version actually came out some weeks before the mega drive version in october 1992 the Master System version wasn't even released in America. I only learned that in research for the show, or I, if I did know it, I'd forgotten. The format of the Master System had been canned, discontinued in America by this point, so they weren't releasing any games for it. So uh, g given how ubiquitous Sonic 2 Master System was elsewhere, um, but I guess, yeah, it was. Uh, they decided cross-gen time was over, and, and that was that. Um, and I should say, I haven't been clear for those who don't know that, yes, the 8 and 16-bit versions are distinct from one another, different levels, different design, different yeah. everything. The, there are some similarities in that Tails rocks up at the end of the 8-bit version. Um, and I guess he's probably on the box art somewhere, is he? I'm not actually sure. Um, I've, I've put it somewhere down here. Uh, yes, he is. He's running underneath Sonic, who's on a who's on his, uh, his hang glider. But yeah, mechanically and everything like that, as with Sonic 1, Sega made the probably sensible decision to keep them separate titles and 
play to the strengths of their 8-bit system, which was based at this point on near 10-year-old hardware. Uh, the is it the, the Mark II or whatever from hmm. from Japan or the Mark III, um, and yeah, just go for a completely different approach. But it has the same basic, you know, Chaos Emeralds, Blue Hedgehog, platforming rings, that kind of stuff. Sean S. Thomas from our forum says, whilst I maintain to this day that Sonic One is better on the Master System than the Mega Drive, the same can't be said of its sequel. Don't get me wrong, it's a good 8-bit game, faster, inventive and entirely its own entity with colourful candy worlds, satisfying to find Chaos Emeralds and Sonic even gets to ride in a minecart and use a glider. I recall it being a lot sparser than the original in terms of enemies to achieve this so, and as such was a far easier ride. But for me, Sonic 2 on the Mega Drive was where it's at. We'll kind of uh, compare and contrast as, as we go as we go through. Mega Drive version, as I say, November the 21st, 92, not Sonic Tuesday in Japan. I think they released games on a Sunday back then, normally. Um, don't know if they still do that tradition. Yes, that worldwide release, which was pretty much, I don't know if it had ever been done before. Um, you guys are all too young to remember, but... It was certainly a big deal. I I'd, I'd bought Amiga games on release day before, for sure. But this actually, everyone knowing this date of the video game mm. release day that was coming out. And this was a big deal. But research shows that Sega had made this a big deal by spending a lot of money on marketing. Sonic was already a big deal. But this was where the whole Sonic kind of frenzy, the kids being obsessed with it and all that kind of thing. I think Sonic 2 is where it really kicked off. At that time, you know, Sega were absolutely trying to catch up with Nintendo, weren't they? Nintendo were the dominant force really across the world. Not, no, not in Europe. And maybe no, not Europe. in Europe, no, but no, across, no. In, across the world, Nintendo seemingly were the fairly big player. And I just think that obviously Sonic came along and it, and it was their mascot. I mean, we've looked at even companies, you know, the more present com- companies trying to find their mascot. And when they finally find it, be it like Microsoft and Halo, <sighs> I'm never quite sure if Sony... Links, you mean? Uh, I'm never quite sure if Sony because they've had one or two and, you know, they, they kind of change them, you know, but, you know, one, once you find that thing that seemingly kind of crosses that boundary and makes this is the image of your console and it, it can appeal to everybody. And Sonic was that, like, he was he just seemed cooler at the time to a lot of people than Mario, which still seemed, you know, whether we can debate now whether it was the better game or not, but... You know that at that time it seemed like oh, Mario's a cutesy platformer. Sonic's the like the the more hard, not quite hardcore, but you know it has more of an no. edge to it. It's more of a teenager. Literally, he was spiky. I know, but it has yeah. more of a teenager <laughs> feel to it. And I, you know, Sega absolutely lent into that. And it doesn't surprise me that they put huge amounts of advertising behind it because you know that first game there was no guarantee it was going to be a massive hit, but it was a massive hit. And you know, a year later, it makes sense why they really, really pushed push the advertising and I, and I do actually remember because obviously magazines were quite a thing at that, at that time and he yeah. was across every single game and magazine oh, yeah. on the shelf you know it was a big deal to see that so. yeah. yeah it's amazing looking back how many single format magazines there oh, were as loads. well yeah. oh so many yeah and, and it was always like hand-painted kind of covers to some extent as well i always remember one that had a donkey kong kind of on the yeah. cover that had a giant kind of sonic thing but just when you mentioned about the cool and the kind of edge stuff it goes back to what i said kind of at the top is that they i had my, my mom's friends 
kind of lessons. They were five, six years older than me, and it was it was exactly that. You know, if they if these guys were playing it, then that was the cool thing. That was the in thing to be kind of doing. Again, these were older kids, you know, kind of playing football in the daytime and then playing Sonic on the nighttime. You know, yeah. squirreling away, kind or of young thing. adults. Exactly, young, young adults just enjoying <laughs> themselves, and you know, it's, you know, potentially something to aspire to when you see other people, you know, older than you playing those type of things. But the only thing I was just going to mention. I'm pretty sure there is um, Sonic is in a clip of Wayne's World. And just when you mentioned about the kind of the American side You're versus right. the European side, I just wondered if there was something in that choice of placement of game, even even though it's yeah. four or five seconds, because that was, you know, effectively Saturday Night Live cast yeah. and that was getting broadcast yeah, yeah. to the whole of the States and that was at the time at its kind of peak yeah. kind of thing. Rich Branson from our Patreon. If only it was that one. Um <laughs> Sonic Tuesday arrived a couple of weeks late for my ninth birthday, so the logical option was to request it from Santa slash my parents for Christmas just four weeks later. Let me tell you, four weeks is a long time when you're nine. As such, when my friend told me his mum was renting it for him in early December, I jumped at the chance to sample it with him. As we fired up the Mega Drive, I recall experiencing a sensation of excitement crossed with guilt. Would I be ruining my Christmas present by playing it early? The guilt quickly faded away as we made our way through Emerald Hill. Sonic's animation was as smooth as butter and every zone had an earworm of a soundtrack that to this day still burrow their way into my consciousness. The game was everything I wanted and more. The unfortunate thing was that the more in the form in the form of Tails was at least initially very unwanted. As a young psychopath I cultivated a technique of tactically killing Tails when playing on my own, so he was off-screen for the more difficult sections. This evolved into me routinely simply killing Tails for my own amusement, such as by pointing Sonic in a particular direction when on a moving platform, meaning Tails would leap without question to his demise. So faithful. So foolish. There was a good decade or so when I didn't play the game, ending when I purchased the Mega Drive Mini. The first game I played? Why? Sonic 2, of course and I'll be damned if I didn't enter some fugue state and automatically gravitate towards Controller 2 at the end of Chemical Plant Zone in order to temporarily euthanize the twin-tailed twit. Playing Sonic 2 over that Christmas period in 1992 remains one of my favourite gaming memories. Ah, the memories. <laughs> Wuking Long from our forum says, I only got to play Sonic 2 at friends' houses until I got Sega Smash Pack 2 for PC in 2000. It was certainly the title from the collection I played the most. To my young self, it was just as fun and magical as anything that was releasing brand new at the time. It holds up well even to this day and always worthy of a quick jaunt to bop Dr. Eggman slash Robotnik. Reviews at the time for the Mega Drive version in particular were pretty much broadly stellar. With uh, CVG giving it a 94%, slightly less enthusiasm in Famitsu in Japan, 30 out of 40, but still good. Mean Machine Sega gave it a 96, Mega Magazine gave it a 94, Mega Tech 95. And that was kind of what I was seeing day after day. And then, and then interestingly, Future Publishing's then new Games Master magazine, the tie-in magazine with the TV show, came out with, and this was at the time, a, quite a controversy talking point. Andy Lowe in Games Master magazine didn't really like the game and he gave it 65%. And lots of their readers, and it was it was a young skewed magazine as well. It was aimed at a, a younger reader. People were outraged. This was way bigger than when IGN slagged off uh, 
God hand. Um, <laughs> it, it was a, it was a story. Obviously, there was no internet, but for the next few months, they were you know beating off complaints, and you would see it ref- referred to in other magazines, letters pages as how. Um, but you know, it, I guess it was just that person's opinion. As wrong as it may be. Well, <laughs> The Master System version also reviewed really well, perhaps even more consistently at the time, with uh, CVG giving it 93, 95 in Mean Machine Sega again, Sega Force, Sega Power, Sega Zone and Sega Pro all giving it 90 to 93%. Sales-wise, by November 93, Sonic 2 was the best-selling 16-bit video game at that point and ended up selling 6 million copies by August 2006. Ended up the second best-selling Mega Drive Genesis game behind the original Sonic. Jobo Bonobo from our forum says, It is ironic that contrary to its ubiquity on so many platforms these days, back in the day I could never find this in the shops. My cousin had Sonic 1, 3 and Knuckles, but for some reason Sonic 2 was never available for us to rent or buy. It had become the elusive white whale of my childhood, though thankfully I dealt with it in a healthier manner than Ishmael did with Moby Dick. I couldn't... I couldn't... I can I can't remember not seeing this game in shops personally. Um, that Greg Martin cover. So I had the Japanese box art, which is uh, black, a black bar on the left with the logo or the name of the game down the side in a what I think is a really cool font. And then Sonic and Tails crossed over with the eyes intersecting uh, in their colours. A white backdrop and then some groovy chevrons of of four different colors i love that japanese box art the greg martin box art though is the one that became absolutely ubiquitous mm. we got a haiku which is a, a rare treat from kez 86 from our forum who says got it for christmas when i was just six years old what a great present now <laughs> scenario and setting stuff i'm really interested to hear from you younger folks because for me this was an irrelevance really i liked the fact that it was a blue hedgehog i like the fact that it was a surreal land but the, one of my strongest memories about Sonic at the time, the, the whole Sonic thing, were my, my younger cousins, particularly one of them, absolutely obsessed with Sonic lore, Sonic comics, Sonic badniks, Sonic everything. The Sonic lore? Oh, Carl, yeah. Carl, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, you, you, know, you know somebody who wrote some of the, I guess, uh, is, did it become canon when it was in Sonic the comic? I think some of the threads were picked up, or I think also, uh, you know, it might be in another podcast or something else I've been listening to and chatting to the folks, you know, when I was working there, yeah. that they said that yeah. they, they just wanted to pull on some of the strings that were already there, but at the same time, not necessarily create their own universe, but not necessarily be bound to what had kind of come before. But in terms of canon, you know, I don't know if Sega has outright said that kind of stuff is canon and you know they're going to roll that back in you know potentially into the films in the future but i think if you ask the right. kind of sonic the comic fans they would absolutely say that that stuff is canon um you know I, th- I think the one thing that they did do is they wrote the backstory of the echidnas for all of the you know knuckles and his kind of tribe and stuff because that wasn't obviously that wasn't explained in the games but in the nope. comics that that was that was explored you know in quite thorough detail yeah huh. So because you were so young when this was launched, but you kind of came to it after, did you also end up getting hold of a lot of m- extra materials, expanded universe stuff? Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the time, I, I suppose I said earlier, the annuals, they used to have a Sonic annual 
every yeah. year, maybe up until, from what I can remember, up until '98 or something, because I must I must have had four or five of them in a row. Um, yeah, and and it was more about why do you have these kind of ladybirds with wheels underneath them, and you know, like what exactly. was the purpose of that stuff? You know, it was like all these random creatures that you see <laughs> in the game, and we'll probably touch yeah. upon some of them. But but there was entire pages that were describing like where the idea come from. But you play it in the game, you just take it for granted. But I think the annuals, especially that was that was my you know main touchstone before the internet and things. That was just you know somebody must have been making it up on the spot <laughs> in the game. I mean that stuff isn't <laughs> explained kind of whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah, the the outline is Doctor Eggman, also known as Doctor Robotnik, is back and is planning on building his ultimate weapon, the Death Egg, which is kind of a Death Star riff. To do so, he's going to turn the animal inhabitants of Mobius into his own personal army of badniks. Can Sonic obtain the seven Chaos Emeralds and stop him once and for all? Is that, what, is that one more Chaos Emerald than there was in the first game? I think it might be. Uh, there's a different story for uh for the 8-bit version coming back from the vacation sonic took after foiling the plans of dr robotnik he finds that tails and all his other animal friends are missing sonic finds a letter waiting for him that reads dear sonic robotnik is back and he's captured all the animals on the island he's holding me in a place called the crystal egg in order to free me you have to find and bring the six chaos emeralds robotnik made me write this he says he's waiting for you and he's created six really nasty robots in order to get rid of you once and for all I don't know what he has planned. I think he just said so. But Sonic, please be careful. Sincerely, Tails. That's that, that, <laughs> being, that some deep lore. That is a plot. Yeah. Uh, that's more than enough motivation for him. Sonic races out to defeat Robotnik again. Um, curiously, at the end of the 8-bit version, uh, Robotnik escapes, basically. Um, he he jump, you, you smash his annoying last machine, and then he, he jumps into a teleporter and um, goes away. And then Tails appears. Substantial. In that time, still manages to write a letter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> amazing. Um, I remember being confused when I saw that. I, I was like, "Was was was Robotnik Tails?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't really understand." Oh, this looks uh, like he transformed. Yeah, yeah and I, I just thought that the whole thing was like a, a weird trick, and that Tails was actually going to be a villain. Um. But yeah, it, the whole thing just re was really odd. <laughs> Sonic collects all seven Chaos Emeralds, says Moby Games, and transforms from a blue rodent into a fiery yellow powerhouse with insane speed. Merely a cheesy plot device pulled out of Yasuhara's ass? Possibly, but the connection is more likely a parody of Dragon Ball, the insanely popular fla flagship work of art uh, manga artist Akira Toriyama. In the manga, which was serialized in Shonen Jump from 1984 to 1995, the hero's son, Goku, the Monkey King, searches for the seven legendary Dragon Balls, eventually is able to transform into a Super Saiyan, a form in which he gains immense power along with spiky golden hair. So in 1992, I didn't know what Dragon Ball was, I don't think. Or if I did, I certainly wouldn't have spotted that Sonic was riffing on it. Right, let's talk about the visuals, the graphics of the game, 8 and 16-bit. Um, Jamie, back in the day, uh, I guess a few years after release, but you were still young enough to kind of have your imagination captured. Yeah, that's that's it. I, th I think at the time, you know, I didn't necessarily know I was going to end up in a kind of career of games, but the way I used to just look no. at Sonic back in the day was just, it was magic. It was just this thing, it appears on the screen, you've got this really colourful, kind of vibrant, eclectic environments. Um, 
I mean, as I say, I was playing the Master System version, so it's nowhere near as yeah. detailed as the you know, the 16-bit uh, version. It was playing in my neighbor's house. And funnily enough, we never, ever played them side by side. You know, we never brought our mm. two consoles and put two TVs next to each other, if, if you were lucky enough to even have a color TV, I suppose, <laughs> uh, at that time. But, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, pl- playing through that, it, it was great at the time. The frame rate was pretty solid, um, obviously much more so on the Mega Drive version. Um, super responsive, the high-speed kind of components of it. You're seeing the parallax in the backgrounds. But I should say on the, the 8-bit version, that's to a much lesser degree. And the the, the the 8-bit version definitely does suffer for that. Um, the sensation of speed, I wouldn't necessarily say is non-existent, but it's it's not really comparable with the Mega Drive kind of version. Mm. And the parallax is, you know, the, one of the biggest proponents of that. But... But I think the main thing, you know, especially when you're moving at that high speed is your kind of reaction times to see where the enemies are kind of coming, you know, if you're going to land into a spike pit. And I think one of the things that they did on the Master System version that actually made it harder, on the Mega Drive, if you had some blocks that you could smash through, you would normally see that they're a different color or they're a different outline and, you know, that kind of thing. You don't get any of those benefits on the Master System. (laughs) So in the Master them you could be going into a solid brick wall you could be going into a secret area you could be going into a spiky pit but you would never see it but all of the brick patterns and things will always be the same um so that's that's the thing that i always remember used to catch me out especially when i played the mega drive version and i I was feeling like you know why can't the master system look like this kind of thing yeah what is interesting i I think is that you can't. You could forgive the Master System version and Game Gear for not having uh, so, some of the aspects, uh, like even tilted floors, or, you know, sloping floors and loop the loops. But it does have them. It just uses them a lot more sparingly and keeps the frame rate up by massively reducing the amount of enemy sprites. And there's quite a lot of empty space in this version. Um, that said, there's still plenty of things that can kill you without much warning. Yeah, it can be quite brutal. Like I say, my my primary version was definitely the uh, the Game Gear version. So, uh, it, having the empty space and then having not a lot of reference around you for periods of time because of how limited the the screen space actually could be on that screen was really kind of difficult. You'd lose your bearings. And Jamie's right; it definitely felt like a slower game than when you played it on the uh, on the Mega Drive. That's not the big difference for me of of what I noticed between the two. It was. Uh, Actually, the, the the quite sublime Mega Drive controller uh, is why I ended up loving that version so much more. But in terms of uh, of the appearance, mm-hmm. it was nice. I always remember I preferred how Sonic One looked on the Game Gear. I don't know why. I, I even now I couldn't put my finger on it. I just did, and I know there was some correspondence earlier in which that was alluded to as well that they knew someone that felt the same way. Um. And it wasn't really until it it felt like going from the Game Gear version to going to the Mega Drive version, and and and, and Jamie's mentioned about not putting them side by side. It felt like it was you you know back in the day when you used to have to tune in your picture quality, and it was like <laughs> yeah. you 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 just got it clicked in on the Master System, and everything went really uh, sorry on the Mega Drive, and everything just went really vibrant and looked so, just sharp and it looked like you'd been playing it wrong on the previous versions and you're like mm. whoa and it, albeit it was a different game it was just that color overload and i mean this was like peak blue skies right like it was it was just beautiful uh in terms of how it looked on 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 the mega drive uh, albeit i didn't click with the game like i say originally 
visually, I absolutely love that style. And, you know, there's a reason why Green Hill Zone in the first game, Emerald Hill Zone in the second game are so memorable. And it's kind of that just beautiful colour pop that you get um, that is just unmistakable Sonic uh, too. And that uh, it, it was such a draw factor for me. It looked good on the uh, Game Gear. As I said, I think it popped a little bit more than the Master System version did. But kind of once you see that Mega Drive version visually, it's it's so much more difficult to go back because it really was incredibly striking when you got it on that on the on the Mega Drive. And you you know only today in our Slack channel I was talking about kind of you know uh, technical leaps that you get between consoles, and I feel like we still haven't really had one between where we were and where where we uh, are now. Um, and it definitely felt like it's harder to to have that impact in the modern. Technically, oh yeah, the but, leap but, here was, but the staggering. leap here between the Master System and the Mega Drive was just—it felt giant. It felt like you were just playing, and to a degree, you were playing a completely different game. It was still called Sonic mm. Two, but just visually, it was just beautiful. And the fact that it would essentially haul ass at this beautifully smooth frame rate in a way that we just didn't get on the on the other versions, which did feel a bit slow and yes some of those are things like you know the, the the parallax in the background would be uh would definitely sell speed a lot more than the static backgrounds that you'd get um on on kind of the the, the game gear version um and and when you see all the bells and whistles working together in you know perfect harmony if you will for how it worked out on the uh, on the uh, mega drive version that that visual impact of you know fidelity color and animation and speed all coming together is definitely very, very striking. And that's when it felt like, right, okay, now I get why Sonic's about all about this speed and about connecting stuff. And again, that's when it came to those perfect runs that I used to love to try and get. And, you know, how fast can I go? If I hit that enemy, I'll land roughly here. And then if I jump here, I can go up to this area vertically. And then, you know, and you start to piece all these bits together in your mind. And when you see like a beautiful speed run going through, oh, that, that game is just beautiful to look at visually. Tony, how did how did you find it playing the Sega Ages version, and, and what did your kids think playing it in twenty twenty two? Yeah, it's funny. I keep hearing obviously about the, the Master System version, etc. My my relationship with the Master System is um, is weird because I only ever owned that as a retrospective console. You know, so going back, it was like I, I was always just amazed that these things worked on that system. So <laughs> um, that's quite an odd relationship with those consoles. But um, yeah, the, I mean, it, it's still beautiful. And like I said, there is a lot of nostalgia that's going on in, in my head because, you know, it's, it's something I grew up in and is yeah, and ever, ever present there. But actually to see, you know, my girls kind of glued to it and linked to it. And of course they have. I mean, they've, they've seen the Sonic film and that's probably their first touchstone rather than a Sonic game, which is kind of weird. But, you know, that's that's what the generation they, they are. Um, but it it's still beautiful, isn't it? It's still I mean, yes, it's on the switch. So it's 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 running. I guess a fairly high resolution, probably. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's the same. Is resolution. it okay? Well, yeah. yeah. Okay, well then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, the the console's outputting a high resolution, but the actual the in-game graphics are, are identical to the yeah, and that, they were originally. Yeah, you know, in my head, I've still got that kind of warm, fuzzy CRT glow that I think you know I prefer playing straight off the Mega Drive, you know, as as we do and as we uh, kind of reminisce, reminisce. But actually, playing it in a handheld form is a brilliant way of actually introducing. Yeah, a whole new generation to it because unlike the uh, the Game Gear, it, it, it does run at high speed and it it does pop off the screen. But yeah, you know, I'm I remember either listening to the the show that you guys did about Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, the use of color that they they introduce mm. into the game is 
absolutely spot on. You know, it just jumps off the screen. Certainly, obviously, Carl's already mentioned um, to Emerald Hill uh, being one of the, that kind of introduction. But, you know, the, the character design still really works now. And I, can, I really understand how it was. It got into that kind of lexicon at that time. He was a cool character. I know there's so much history now about Sonic and and what it's become and, and who he is. But, you know, I do remember back then thinking that he, he's an interesting, cool character. And the speed was something that I was really, really addicted to back then. And that will go back into the gameplay. But, um, yeah, the primary design of um, Sonic, I still think is really cool. I'm not so sure about Tails. <laughs> we'll get on to <laughs> Tails. But um, oh, well, from, from, my girl, about from my girl's point of view, you know, you know, it's... It didn't turn them off. They they really you know they really liked seeing kind of the bless um, Lux in particular. She said, "Oh, it's like an adaptation of the of the film." <laughs> and I was right. like, "No, I've done <laughs> a poor job." <laughs> yeah. um, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yourself, obviously. Oh yeah, I mean, I remember being. Uh, I loved Sonic One on the on the yeah. Mega Drive uh, at the time, and I still feel that has a a very particular kind of surreal atmosphere that Sonic 2 doesn't quite nail in the same way. But what Sonic 2 has is a lot more kind of flash and technical wizardry going on that was just impressive Mm -hmm. back in the day. And some of it is just, yeah, just great color choices, things like Oil Ocean Zone and um, the Mystic Cave and all that kind of thing. Just, uh, yeah, just kind of have a, a... an evocative atmosphere and with all the the say you know all those layers of of parallax which kind of was again at the time like obviously parallax rolling had been around for a while but um but it was increasingly possible to to use it to sort of such effect on on the 16-bit consoles have multiple layers and obviously you know we'd had shadow of the beast um and and things like that a few years before but I just love the way that Sega's artists seem to be able to create an entire universe in a little platformer by adding all these layers of depth and distance that kind of did, even even as a, a young adult, as I was rather than a, a child, you know, I guess I was a big kid and still am, but it sparked off my imagination, not in the way that I would necessarily then go and read the comics and draw the bad nicks, but in a way that just kind of while I was playing it, the combination of the audio uh, and the and the visuals just put me into a a whole different kind of headspace like a, a sort of almost uh yeah like it felt like a, a i was being transported somewhere interesting and fanciful in a way that a lot of games didn't manage and and i think that's the thing so i know a lot of people whether they came to sonic later or or whatever kind of there's a lot of fandom out there for for the sonic that kind of came along in the in the late 90s and 2000s the one that talks the one that has guitar music and all that kind of stuff the one with even more attitude but at this point while sonic maybe was you know a cool character in inverted commas he still to me was cute even in this one like he's 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 a he's kind of uh, he's likable whereas i think many incarnations of sonic mm. further down the line were not very likable um and tails it's interesting you say because my initial thought was yeah he stood out a bit as being kind of more overtly kawaii cute um than sonic but i did also quite like him like i like the little pencil drawings of him at the end i like him when he's flying the plane um i didn't know then that he was going to end up being voiced by jake lloyd in sonic adventure so just as a little 
just as just as a little anime fox based on Japanese multi-tailed fox legends. I, I thought he was quite cute. Was he is he too cutesy for you? Is that the thing? Ah, I, maybe it's just the history of tails now. <laughs> like he's yeah, I don't know. No, from an animation point of view, I think he he's fine. I just find him quite redundant in the actual gameplay. Um, oh, okay. Department. Well, that's that's a whole yeah. other conversation. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Jamie, are you pro tails? Yeah, I mean, I mean, listening here, it, it's a classic example of careful what you wish for because you know you, you get something like tails, really nice kind of character, same as knuckles, and then as you said, it's kind of diminishing returns after that point. And I think <laughs> anybody that complains about tails just has to look at you know maybe the trajectory of where the you know the path of the characters has went afterwards. Not only the size of the roster getting larger. But, but, you know, to potentially at some point, the later games, you can customise your own character using the bits and pieces from the previous ones. But I just don't think there's been, you know, Sonic 2 aside and, and you know, Knuckles aside, I don't think there's been a stronger roster of those three original characters. Um, not, not, not too sure. I, I fully agree with the thing about the, you know, the Sonic side not being too appealing because for me sonic was kind of like my mickey mouse you know and that's that's yeah. the way i think they originally yeah. kind of marketed him in it you know for the appeal Absolutely. and stuff but i've got um yeah my, my issues with tales are not necessarily in the character designs as, as tony kind of mentioned if we come on to it just yeah. about the the gameplay kind of components um of that. But yeah otherwise I, I don't have any you know negative <laughs> feelings towards tales or, or c- certainly they've been suppressed as as time in the franchises went on <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah we have to talk about the soundtrack um, because uh, it's just it's just timeless. I think mm-hmm. like I, I'm so many of these tunes, I still have a blast just whistling along to after thirty years. I think um, Chemical Plant Zone, especially. I mean that that's the touchstone for me. Is it's this you know the second level that you're going to play in order of the kind of the acts you know after emerald hills but mm-hmm. but that that's that song that the, the word you said there timeless that that is exactly the way i describe it it's for me not only the best song that that's in a music uh, in a in a sonic game and the soundtrack it's not only the best song probably in that entire kind of franchise it's still up then probably my top five you know chip tune wow ca- kind of songs in general and also yeah. even better than that is there's a bunch of stuff on YouTube. If you type in chemical plants, there's a bunch of, them, yeah. you know, lo-fi kind of remixes. There's a guy that goes on the streets and he's almost like busking kind of playing stuff. And then there's another really good one, which is um, it's an image of the screen representing all of the hardware that's kind of happening in the console. And it's playing chemical plant zone and showing you which, you know, part of the music kind of cues. It's kind of off inside the hardware ah, cool. inc- including the master system because there's a chip in yes. there that, that they That's use right. for the, yeah to, to, to replicate yeah. the master system stuff but yeah i mean th- th- that that song alone i could listen to that kind of all day i mean obviously you have the classic stuff from the from the previous games but just on, on the touching upon the sound effects the the ring sound the ring collect is totally oh, iconic yeah. you know and, and yes. especially ring the ring spill it's, is iconic uh, to, to, yeah. Totally, yeah and and then, you know they're using that in the modern films but once again just to touch upon the uh you know the slightly mm. inferior version the master system one unfortunately it doesn't have that exact sound effect it doesn't feel no as satisfying you know when you collect it but uh yeah that th- those are the main kind of two for me is def- definitely the rings and the, the chemical plant zone song yeah 
they do literally you know even even if you like i've been playing headphones and um if you if you leave it running with the headphones on you can hear that ring sound even with my 50 year old cloth ears from several rooms away on <laughs> headphones it's just so pitched so perfectly it's, to eat through it's you. also the the jump sound that that whole ah oh, yep. just it's but it's, this is it I and mean, it's a, it's been such a nostalgia trip for me playing this game because mm. and so much of it is down to the sound effects the music yes the visuals yeah. absolutely play into that but without the sound of popping enemies the rings the screeching halt of her shoes the <laughs> all those bits together and once again i always keep referring back to like you know sonic's checkered history but you encapsulate those those sounds from those first couple of games it, and it's yeah, it's timeless, and it's and it's timeless. It's timeless to kids now. Like they're listening to that stuff. It has that same reaction of the speed being you know jumping off the screen at the screen of them. Even though the game you know from a technical point of view, it's been absolutely surpassed a thousand times over from you know from stuff that we have now. But it's just all those things put together is absolutely timeless, and I can't I cannot get over actually how effective that stuff still is now. Yeah. This was this was the era when obviously we'd had uh, we'd seen some Amiga games and things using music from quotes real artists mm-hmm. and sampling them into games and programming them into games. It made a lot of sense for Sega to approach an actual you know a pop musician, a talented bass player and and uh, composer to to write all the tunes for this game. And and I mean it's 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 so worked. You know they're still well, they're it's, still it's, beloved it, after all. It's this Sega's time. Mario moment, isn't it? It's just those. That stuff's so ingrained, you know, you think about Sega and I kind of just, I have sonic tunes in my head, you know, I have the, the sounds of that are obviously the Sega at the, at the start, but, you mm. know, I, feel, I find it very hard if someone says Sega, sonic comes into my head, you know, some of that stuff is just naturally there, it's so, yeah. you know, some of this with yeah. a brand. The little twinkles at the start. Yeah, ding, ding, um Sean S. Thomas says, what a score, still stands the test of time, I listen to remixes of it even now. And of course, um, as well as in Sonic 2, various tunes have turned up in subsequent games and nods to and remixes in Sonic Mania and Sonic Generations and stuff like that. Right, uh, let's get into the gameplay, which I think in both versions, although, as we said, Team Aspect took over from Ancient on the 8-bit version, I'm pretty sure they took uh, large amounts of engineering (coughs) stuff in the background, the code from the game, because it fundamentally behaves and looks and feels like the master system sonic one so i don't think they were starting from scratch necessarily and i think that's all all certainly true with sonic 2 on the mega drive i think there was some enhanced code and uh some tweaks to make it run even better and faster and things like that um there's also some one of the things i was going to mention in the in the graphics talk was they use some genuine kind of pre-rendered 3D elements like the big cages in the uh, in, in the latter part of the game, which looked absolutely incredible in, in 1992 um, and maybe in some ways haven't aged as well as the rest of the visuals now. But at the time, it was like, whoa, it really does look 3D. Um, and obviously the 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 the, te- the technical side of the special stages, although I'm not a you know a huge fan of those stages, uh as low res as they are the actual the hoops they had to jump through to get that stuff in and running on a mega drive was pretty impressive uh matthew lawrence from our patreon on the gameplay says sonic 2 is a game as a game i think is a huge step up from the original better playing better looking 
better music, you name it, but it's also still a 2D Sonic game that I quit when it feels like the game is being frustratingly unfair, and it's not a game I often revisit because of that. And Magical Isopod says, I notice a lot of issues with things like collision and physics that, while existing in Sonic 1, felt more pronounced here. Uh, sorry to start on a negative note, but I think maybe some of those slight takes, uh, even from my friend on day one back in the day, I preferred Sonic 1, um, that I think maybe there's a feeling that Sonic 2 isn't quite as tightly designed as the original. Jamie? Well, I, th I think it depends on the levels. You know, a few people have alluded to earlier. You start mm. in kind of Emerald Hill Zone, and, and for sure you can get to the point where you can almost never see exactly what's in front of you because the character's always centred on the screen. You know, you got more modern stuff, the character would probably be to the left-hand third, so you get to see the, you know, right. the front two-thirds yes. ahead of mm -hmm. you, and if you turned around, it would be the opposite. But but mm -hmm. the fact that you, you never get always to see exactly what's in front of you is less punishing in Emerald Hill Zone compared yeah. to probably almost every single level after that, especially when you Indeed. get to the end of the game. So I, th I think that's definitely a big yeah. factor. Um, yeah. I, I think anything or any level that requires you to go vertically is a really big mm. problem in the Sonic games. Yeah. Um, it, you know, he feels like he's a character that's made to go from left to right or right to left, but not, you know, top to bottom, bottom to top. And at the moment that you start platforming upwards... Not only does it go against everything that everybody mentioned, you know, the fast speed boots, you know, the, the super speed kind of music that you get in the game, it almost, yeah. so, some levels are almost made to be anti-Sonic, you know, intentionally yeah. or not. And I, and I yeah. think you can see cl clips of that in the previous, in the, sorry, in the earlier levels. Mm. Yeah, I, I think for, for me, the jump up uh, with two over one is just that I think they're more confident what Sonic, what what the general public thought of Sonic when they first played it? I think you know the, the most people were taken aback by the speed of Sonic, and that that seemed to be the the talking point at the time. Sonic One for me, it's still got this kind of weird kind of legacy platforming, you know, push a box here kind of, you know, mm. just like it. It feels like it. They weren't quite sure what they wanted it to be. Like they were kind of going up against Mario. They had an idea, you know, first levels, a super fast level in Green Hill. And then, then we're going to do kind of more platforming stuff in the second half of the game. But two, it just seemed to me like they, they latched onto the, the speed stuff and then kind of doubled down it. So it'd be, you know, the added, is it speed dash? Was it dash or boost? The spin, spin dash. dash. Yeah. By adding the spin dash, yeah. you know, because quite often in Sonic 1, if you weren't playing particularly well, you could find yourself coming to an absolute grinding halt yeah. and then having to go backwards and forwards up and down a ramp just to try to get yourself you know, momentum through the level where they kind of gone, okay, well, how do we solve that? Right, let's add the spin dash. Like, bang, done, job done. You can just, and it's a great yeah. sound of ding, 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 no, raving it up almost. And then they kind mm -hmm. of fixed that. Emerald Hill is a, a, a perfect zone for that because you go incredibly fast. There isn't too many enemies to avoid. Generally, it's, I think, because the camera's slightly closer as well. I think I've read in Sonic 2, so you know, it feels a little bit more claustrophobic, maybe. But mm. it's, you know, the, the sense of speed, and this will always be for me, the sense of speed in those first two Sonic games are really, really pronounced. And at the time, I, I it felt like a new generation. Like, it, you know, I mm. remember, of course, you know, so, so God, because Nintendo were doing their own stuff, but it, it really felt like, Sega had something with the Sonic franchise that showed how powerful their system was to burst processing. Yeah, just code. I know, but it just it, it and without a fancy name, blast processing. I know, but without <laughs> yeah. a fancy name, it felt 
it felt like original. Yeah, yeah. It really felt like, wow, this this machine can actually just push something so so incredibly fast. Yeah. And that still works today. I still find some of the Sonic levels incredibly fun and fast and phonetic to play. Comparative loop de loops yeah, and pipes and yeah. flying up off the top of the screen and all but, that. But yeah. the issue I guess you have is a bit like the first game. As the game game progresses, the, yeah. I wouldn't say necessarily the difficulty spike happens, but you know it it adds more elements. Be it you know having to break into tunnels and being kind of thrown around, be it you yeah. know thrown into a pinball machine, which in one heart you know one regards is great fun, but in other in other mm. tones, like it actually slows down the momentum of what Sonic yeah. Two takes away the player control. I, I've never understood the how beloved the sort of casino mm. and pinball levels are because, well, I mean, I get it. They're fun and they're, they're novel and silly. But yeah, in terms of player control, I find it absolutely infuriating mm. <laughs> at times getting bounced around bumpers and, and you this this is where you're most likely to get glitches and yeah, things like it, that, certainly in some of the... But I do versions. think, to me, Sonic 2 is a game that is a lot more confident in what it was trying to betray, where Sonic 1 seems like this more of a... Spe- yeah. Obviously, yeah. they go on and they There's quite don't, and they, and it feels like actually like things like Sonic Adventure. You know, they're always trying different things, but for me, the purest of it is Sonic Two. Just it was a game about speed. They maybe not didn't always get it a hundred percent right, and I do agree quite often. And even now, if you know what you're doing in that game and you find yourself you're like up on some of the higher sections of the screen, you can really get great speed. If you find yourself kind of falling down to the bottom half of some levels. You just you're getting caught in water sections and slowing down incredibly. Yeah. And to to Carl's point, you know, if you watch a someone do a, a real kind of years of understanding where the enemies are, so you don't actually really interact with them, or you can just roll through them and kill them, and watch someone yeah. just speed through a level, the sense of speed is incredible. And you know, we would say this again. You know, we had these games, and they were meant to last us for months not days and you would perfect those levels and you would get faster and faster and you could you know you could really show off some of the your talents but what i will say is having a new generation sit down and and play it you know just me watching alongside some of the the stuff actually still really 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 works so obviously the rings is a get out of you know get out of um uh, a free hit. Get out yeah, of get jail. Out, yeah, yeah, I was yes. gonna. I was gonna ask you. Did you did you play with Ring Keek? So the M2 versions, the Sega Ages 3D and and Switch versions, have a thing called Ring Keep mode, which is uh, a real nice way of softening the difficulty no, of the original no, game. Play it properly. Which, <laughs> yeah, okay. But you you could have. Um, there's a way of playing it so that you only lose a portion, no, uh, uh, a fraction of your rings part, at each time, of, which I think is quite a nice. Yes, indeed. But mode. part of the fun is having that moment of your rings being hit, then scrambling around the screen, just trying to yep. get that one. Like to yep. me, that is part yep. of the gameplay and should be, you know, should be kept. But to, the tension that but a comes bit like with Mario, it. you know, having the, you know, growing into a larger Mario, having that kind of free hit. And I think Sonic did that really well because there will be times in this, even as a modern day, you know, playing it in a modern day, you know. It's, uh, mindset like i would catch myself get hit and it's like it isn't just straight away game over it's okay we'll scramble around get that thing and because you are going fast and you are quite tight to the screen you're going through this game certainly first time around you're gonna get hit and it just it allowed i think the the game not to come to a crashing halt that sometimes actually you know talking about mario you could kind of get yourself in a loop of dying <laughs> over and over and over again just kind of progressing but i don't think i still don't think sonic 2 is even a particularly hard game there's hard well, the last boss is fiddly, 
but you know I, my daughter played for it pretty much from beginning to end so yeah, you know cool. it's it is, it is but yeah I, I still think the gameplay really holds up even in the modern context yeah i think for me the difficulty spikes from oil ocean metropolis sort of that sort of area is the point where the game particularly metropolis with it that, that's where you're standing on you're standing on the spinning nuts oh, yeah. and then you've got the praying mantises at the top of top of there which chuck their homing claws at you and you've got the little spiky explodey things on the way up and there's a lot of there's a Being lot of knocked um, down to the floor. Or, yeah yeah and needing to know what's yeah. coming as well there's a lot of kind of dying by uh, dying and learning from dying rather than earlier in the game you can kind of wing it a, a lot of the time any thoughts on uh, bits of design or favorite zones or anything like that yeah i, I think you know if i touch upon it again just the chemical plant kind of earlier it's interesting tony just saying there at the bottom of the level because that's the one chemical plant <laughs> is you know m- maybe it's aside from uh, the one after that is ancient ruins i think aquatic it is. aquatic ruins yeah mm-hmm. sorry yeah so between those two i mean that those are the two where if you get a good run at the top of the level, you don't ever. You, you won't even see the completely. Water. Yeah, exactly. You won't even see a it. dry run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's a dry. Yeah, and um, yeah, and, and it's, I think those two levels in particular are almost like the most Jekyll and Hyde of, of all the levels yeah. in the game, in the sense that if you have a good yeah. run, you will never see the water, and if you have a bad run, you'll probably be in treacle for you know a couple of minutes at a time. Whereas, <laughs> as you said, you know, as the difficulty starts to ramp up. Now, now I've been doing it myself. I've just been looking at it on the Steam Deck, and I'm up to exactly the one you just mentioned with the praying mantises and the the yeah, firing right. kind of you know sp- spiky starfish and things. And I feel like th- those levels have been made just for you to walk through treacle for the entire time mm. because mm. it takes you a long time to progress up to a certain route. If you work, if you make one menial mistake you're back in the treacle or you have to redo the section that you previously just done but but favorite levels emerald hills obviously a great one um chemical plant zone is one of those levels where i probably enjoy it more for the music you know if if i played it you know a bit like carl did you know with with the audio kind of i probably <laughs> you'd probably only hear the noises <laughs> of me kind of shouting as, as i land in the water for the fifth or sixth time in a or, row or where you get um caught between the the platforms that slide underwater yeah the ones that separate out into bricks yeah that that is an absolute that that bit there that just that one little bit is like a real difficulty spike yeah sorry to no 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 i know exactly the ones it's it's the uh, yeah the the ptsd stones i call them or the yeah yeah (laughs) like the tetris kind of bricks yeah that push you to the side but 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 i think they've got the other ones in those levels as well that you know kind of can sting you a little bit but you can breeze through them which is those kind of uh, spiders that are on the roof. If you jump past them and into them, oh, yeah. they're, they're not a problem whatsoever. But if you jump slightly too low, it, again, yeah. it's that Jekyll and Hyde effect, which is they can get you caught. They can you know sap your rings off you. Um, incidentally, just when you mentioned about the rings, the Master System version, I think, yeah. I think it gives you a percentage of the rings back. But let's say you've got 15 or 20 rings when you drop them you will only drop one at a time. <laughs> so, uh, it, you, know, yeah. you know, you've got to find your enjoyment kind of somewhere else on the Master System version, I think, because it can be pretty punishing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the Master System version, or the 8-bit version, allows you to rack up a lot of lives quite easily. There's a lot more TVs with Sonics in. Um, there's a lot more just rings just lying around on the on the, uh, on the 8-bit version, even though one of the things I I like less about it is that they're often positioned so that you can't just run through them. You have to kind of 
do a lot of fiddly collecting, which is more very much more of a sort of eight bit design thing. So you'll you'll run down a slope that seems to be covered in rings, but rather than just clipping them all, um, the hitboxes are designed such that you have to kind of yeah meticulously keep hopping uh, to collect them all. Inter- very a very interesting thing I think about the eight uh, bit version is that if you want to use continues in that version rather than earning them as you do in 16 bit um through uh points and play you find as you find the chaos emeralds which is a whole different thing anyway they're they're hidden throughout the levels uh you have to use chaos emeralds to continue so if if you if you if you use a continue you don't get the the good the happy ending um for yeah for what that's worth um but as i say you can you can rack up quite a lot of lives early on in the game which will hopefully see you through some of the more egregious sections in the, in the back it end. is quite a funny game i think sonic because in one hand it's all about the kind of speed and getting yourself through the levels but there is a lot of verticality in those levels like there you there mm-hmm. is a lot and also there's a lot of hidden places you know you talk about getting one ups getting oh, yeah. you know the sonic heads and stuff but so many of those things i would only ever come across because you kind of your run got disrupted somewhere along the line and yep. you're like oh can yeah. I go for the? Oh, I can go for the wall here. You can kind of have two completely different gaming experiences with it. You know, in on one hand, I'm I'm constantly thinking about you know running the best route and fast as possible because that's in my head. That's Sonic. And on the other hand, kind of watching my daughters play it, like that's less. They're they're kind of more methodical and jumping through and then kind of finding the little holes and gaps and things where they go through. And I was like, oh, like mm. yeah, that's cool. And so there is, I think there is scope for kind of different style players to get through there so um yeah and it's very good Mm. at that as well (laughs) yeah psycho hype from the forum says one thing i've always loved about sonic 2 is how the levels unfold with their various branching paths but never in a way that feels too rigid or overly signposted and as much as the levels can feel like mazes you're never really in any danger of getting lost that's not necessarily true in the 8-bit version which relies a bit more on on maze like behavior uh the which one is it scrambled egg zone in particular which is the final zone if you haven't got all the chaos emeralds the the first level of that is a is a massive pipe maze yeah i, I remember that myself it's, we were going through it got got to the level as you said maybe we must have had a lot of lives by the time we get there but there's a lot of one way kind of ele- elevators and teleporters and you come yep. out one side and then you have to remember, oh, you need to enter this one from the left. It's almost like a left, left, right. Uh, yeah. You know, don't jump through that one. Make sure you drop down a tier and then go through the next one. And yeah, you you, you spend it, you know, five, six, uh, seven times. But again, you know, the comment just about the mazes there. I think the series has always had at least one level that's almost been made, almost like a labyrinth. Mm. And on the previous ones, yeah. I think there was labyrinth zone. But on this one, I think it's the one that you just mentioned earlier about the metropolis kind of zone as well, which is just yeah. a lot of verticals. You do forget exactly which direction you've come from. Every room yeah. almost looks the same. Therefore, it's very easy to get lost. And and sometimes it doesn't even have to be maze like layout. I think it's the visual presentation of some of them make it look like the level is too similar. Are you running through the same room over and over again? Yeah. Oh, oh no, I'm not. Yeah. I've been in this room. Oh no, you did. You went through it three times. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. And that happened. And and again, that happened to me the other day. I was up to um, seven or eight minutes on Metropolis Zone, you know, mm. and, and swearing that I'd went the right way. And it turns out that I kept going left when the one time I just needed to go to the right or something. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's interesting. Which is interesting in itself that actually there are bits of 
the levels in this game that do require you to head left, which almost feels counterintuitive <laughs> to the the way that the game starts, which is very much move to the right, uh, only going backwards if you want to um, head into uh, get another checkpoint so you can get into another special stage. I mean, that's one of the weird balanced design aspects of this game. So you have you have the checkpoints uh, where you can respawn if you do lose a life. Um, this is mechanically different to the first game in that rather than at the end of the level, you'd get into the special stages if you had enough rings. Here you need 50 rings at the checkpoint to, to get into the special stage. But of course, you can, there's there's actually a, I think you can get every Chaos Emerald by the end of Emerald Hill if, if you go through every checkpoint with 50 rings. Maybe, uh, or maybe you just, maybe you need to do one at the start of the... I, I think you need to do one at maybe. the start of... I'm not sure what optimal thing. is, but of course, obviously, things like uh, uh, you know the modern versions with with uh, save states make can expedite this process if you're happy to mm -hmm. to use that, um, and then that opens up to playing the rest of the game as Supersonic, which is both a blessing <laughs> and a curse. I might suggest um, I'd forgotten just how twitchy Supersonic is. Uh, and you could end up getting trapped in a pit and just having to watch your your rings run out. Uh, so you're invincible, which is great for a lot of the stuff. And if you can get to a boss with with supersonic mode and at least say thirty rings, so you've got half a minute or whatever to to take out the boss, it it makes them almost trivial. But there are downsides, like being supersonic on the very very kind of pernickety or not quite pixel perfect but but i would say fairly high tier challenge platforming of wing fortress zone at the end if you're if you're supersonic it makes that much harder because you're so hyper twitchy and yeah. you can't use supersonic on the end boss no because there's no, no rings yeah yeah <laughs> just which is which is which always felt mean to me <laughs> At least have at least just put the usual little clutch of three rings so that you can take a hit. But no. <laughs> but did so? Did you did you prefer the the special stages in two over one? <sighs> See, I don't, and I, I don't like either much. I I just felt like I had more. I know I know the special stages and ones were finickety themselves, but I always felt like I had yeah. there was more interactivity in kind of hitting the buttons to move mm. the the puzzle around, and I I got a more enjoyment because yeah you having to kind of go around in circles. I guess it, it in some respects I appreciated how technologically advanced it felt, but oh, at yeah. the same time it was impressive. Um, yeah, I kind of, I, I really like the, the Sonic ones. <laughs> well, the, the the my main issue with with the special stages in this game are that you can't always see what's coming, and mm. and it's just just putting bombs around a ninety degree corner that you can't see coming is just no fun. You just have to learn. You just also, have to learn. Tales you have to is a nightmare in the special stages. Well, let's okay, we're we're, we're there. <laughs> we're talking about tales in the ah, in okay. the bonus stages. Yeah, basically <laughs> tales. You sh so you can turn Tails off, as we said. You can play Sonic alone. I would suggest to anyone listening to this who's never played or maybe never completed Sonic 2, if you're not playing co-op, play Sonic solo. Turn him off because it makes the special <laughs> stages... So you, it, 
Tails jumps about what half a second after you jump. Yeah, it's slightly. Like yeah, that. yeah, it's a it's so, good delay. So yeah. unless you know exactly what's coming at all times and get your jumps timed perfectly, he will keep losing you rings. And if you ever take a bomb hit on the special mm-hmm. stages beyond about the third or fourth one, you will not get the ring total required to get the Chaos Emerald. Shields from our forum says Sonic 2 might be the second game in the series, but it was the last of the Mega Drive games I played, and that has undoubtedly coloured my opinion on it. After the transcendental introduction to gaming that Sonic 1 was, I got Sonic Spinball next, then Sonic 3, then Sonic and Knuckles, and then Sonic 3D Flicky's Island, and then finally Sonic 2. (laughs) Going backwards to Sonic 2 made me just wonder where all the innovations that Sonic 3 and Knuckles had introduced were. Where, where were the elemental shields? Where's the pink echidna? Where is the blue sphere special stage? As a kid, this was a deal breaker. The key thing I think Sonic 2 does manage to maintain is that it is the biggest rebuttal to the idea that Sonic was always about speed. Only those who started in the Dreamcast era, when Sega themselves started to believe it as well, will vociferously argue this point. Sonic 2 slows down in more areas to become a really tricky platformer. Chemical Plant Zone has some of the most tense platforming sections in a Sonic game, even to this day. Oil Ocean is a fickle beast at the best of times, and Aquatic Ruin is the slowest water level they've ever made. There is speed, of course. Having Sonic speed beyond the view of the actual TV in Chemical Plant Zone will never not be a joy to see. But in there, the momentum-based platforming shines most of all. Colin Alonso from our forum says Sonic 2 is actually my least favourite of the Mega Drive trilogy, although that's mostly due to Hilltop, Oil Ocean and Metropolis zones being my least favourite zones in the three games and only being split up by Mystic Cave Zone. Still good childhood memories, though, and fun to boot up, even if I'd usually prefer one or three and knuckles. Tolkien Taters from the forum says Sonic 2 was released three years before I was born. So I didn't play it at the time because it's older than me and I didn't play it until now because I didn't really grow up gaming. Playing it for the pod, I skipped Sonic 1 and went straight for Sonic 2 on my Switch via the Genesis Nintendo Switch Online service. It really holds up because despite how popular and successful it was, I still haven't seen or played a lot of games like it. Fantastic visuals and a great soundtrack really elevate it. It's a fairly breezy game that I was able to get through without much trouble, aside from the pinball level, which I hated because I'm bad at pinball and not great at 2D platformers. So the save states you get via emulation really helped out. All in all, I had a great time and was glad I finally got around to this gaming classic. That's pretty cool. Uh, Obviously not a child like your children, Tony, but still uh, a grown person playing Sonic 2 for the first time in 2022 and having fun time. Now, uh, Jay, you might need to get ready with the uh, with the sonic ring sound effect. I have a, a rare bit of contribution to the podcast from my partner, whose sister had a master system when she was a child. And uh, when I mentioned that I was preparing a Sonic 2 show to our friend group WhatsApp earlier, she says... Uh, <clears throat> I remember having a proper meltdown at home one day, having decided it would be the day I was going to get past the level I was stuck on. I did not. It was a right... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, this is before the... uh, So, yeah, Three and and Knuckles introduced the elemental shields, as as was alluded to there. Um, So we were still really... The the power-ups were the speedy boots, which don't really play a huge part in the game overall. 
they, they can actually make some of the levels harder but it's it's one thing we yeah. f- forgot to mention earlier just with the audio is just that you know when you think of the uh the, the mario games the music actually yeah. speeds up you know as, as you're under yeah. time pressure whereas sonic does the opposite because the timer counts up it's only when you get the speedy boots that the music kind of reinforces the speed mm. that you're going through the level so it reinforces like the core gameplay whereas you know mario reinforces the stress of having to you know finish the level but other than that mm. i mean aside from the music getting faster i think they're actually more problematic than they're worth to pick up a lot of the time yeah completely agree uh you get the invincibility shield which yeah sort of dotted sporadically around but it always feels like a it's 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 an odd one because it's obviously it's always put in a place where it's meant to be as it were so the next bit of the level is designed for you to have it as such uh it's not quite the same as if 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 you could keep it and then deploy it at the strategic moments obviously that would potentially make the game quite a lot easier but it would also be would have been quite a nice touch i'm not sure they've ever done that with with a sonic game as such um yeah, it's, it was it's such a, a common thing for platformers of the age to have sudden bursts of invincibility, and I guess Mario still has them to this day. Uh, Jamie, you wanted to talk about uh, the, the many enemies that um, that habit, inhabit the game. Have you got some, got some favourites, some, some ones that you hate? Obviously, we all still love popping enemies and seeing a cute little mm-hmm. creature pop out and bounce away. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's some interesting ones. Again, I, I don't know the, the the name of them unless I could teleport back and get my annuals kind of out. But the, the, one, <laughs> the, the few that kind of come to mind for me is um, Casino Night, the, mm. the the crab with the shield kind of thing that oh, yeah. is, you know, kind of reflects off you. You know, it, it's it's really annoying, but when you can defeat it from behind, I think it is. Um, that, yeah. that that one's pretty good, but it's when you're in full flow on on yeah. a level that typically slows you down anyway that that feels yeah. like a bit of a harsh uh you know you know kind of call mm-hmm. but but the, the other ones that kind of come to mind is just the the general kind of eclectic use or choice of stuff so you mentioned the praying mantis kind of the one earlier that's mm. in a uh, metropolis so that level is a underground metallic industrial kind of setting yeah. and mm. for some reason there is a crab and a starfish and then also <laughs> a praying mantis like that's in there <laughs> and like none of it makes sense kind of whatsoever but like you said they're normally placed and this actually happened to me a couple of days ago and it's interesting you know the guy just said earlier about the save states because i did the same i come out yeah. of one of the teleporters and a and a crab instantly punched me in the face back into the teleport <laughs> the other way and the same thing ah. happens you get to the top of the uh you know the, the screws you're running across the screw you get to the top of yeah. a, the surface after 10 seconds a praying mantis throws its stuff from off screen and knocks you all the way back to the bottom again. And I think that happens all too a few times. But for me, they're the most egregious ones, which are you can't necessarily see them and or it's ones that, you know, stop the flow in motion. You know, I'm a fan of just, yeah. you know, keep the player moving. And the the ones that kind of are the hard stops in the game are the ones that I think of as, as the most you know annoying in general. Yeah, I think you make a good point, and 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 I think if 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 I was to collate at all the anecdotal evidence or or opinions I've I've heard over the years from people who just don't like Sonic, that's usually the crux of it. Mm. Is the they want me to go fast, and then these enemies stop me. Uh, that's like in a nutshell. That is that seems to be some of the enemies being a bit mean and fun sapping. Um, it is interesting, you know. Was, was there 
is are there are there that many enemies in in the the classic 2D era Sonic games that are the right balance of challenging but also still fun they either te- they tend to fall into the camps of almost trivial or frustrating um i'm thinking of the my my, my least favorite i think in the entire game are actually the 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 coconut throwing monkeys on emerald hill coconuts yeah that's what they're called coconuts. right so those levels i really enjoy and i've played them so many times over the years on on so many different versions but I always want to kind of max out my score and rings and Chaos Emeralds. And I know that I can still come a cropper to a, a stray coconut, coconut. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's infuriating to me. But uh, yeah, I guess. I think look, looking at it, there's 23 enemies mm. or 23 enemy types in Sonic 2. And if I had one criticism... And it, it sounds like a bigger criticism than maybe it is, is that I don't really like fighting any of them. Mm. Like, there's no enemy in this game that I actually like, whereas uh, that wouldn't be the case for any number of other platform games of that era. And you've already mentioned it, kind of the thing that really bothers me is, and we've all been in that chain, right? Get the rings, hit an enemy, smash the rings all over, pick up some rings, get smashed by another enemy, and you get that chain like two, three, four, five times yeah. in a row, and you're like, this is so annoying. Like, my momentum has just been completely robbed of me. I don't get any, like, use of iframes to be able to, you know, force my way through the session section. And no. then, really, none of them are a lot of fun to fight. And I'm, I'm looking, I've found a list of all the names. None of the names are that iconic. So, for example, the, the, the crab with the shield is called a crawl. Mm. Um, and the mantis is called a slicer. Mm. So they're the enemies that Jamie doesn't like. And I think... The the only ones that I thought were quite cool were the the Valkyries, which are like the planes. Yeah, but angry they, they're cool looking enemies, but I don't really like fighting them. Um, again, so yeah, quite. I I, I like fighting Robotnik. Let's just say that's pro- and, yeah. and not even all the Robotniks in this game because you get the one when he disappears under the on, under mm. the uh, screen and he's got his like little crawl arm and that's really really annoying. <laughs> um, and you got the one with the twin pillars on either side that I really also don't like fighting. <laughs> but the rest of them. Quite fun. Uh, yeah, my least favourite one is Flying Eggman, who uh, has the the spinny things around him. But you, yeah. only because I'd forgotten that you basically have to leave him alone until he does a certain move. Sorry, Tim. no, no. I was trying to obviously compare it to the closest kind of game. And when you think about Mario, I th- I think it's because of Mario's more the kind of leisurely pace. You kind you kind of get attached to some of the enemies, be it you know jumping on. Cooper Troopers or, you know, there's maybe a bit more kind of interactivity with the enemy types. Apart from one or two enemies in, in Sonic, you know, certainly in these earlier Sonic games where if you hit them just at the right angle, it might propel you into a slightly higher place. Like, I don't know, nine times out of ten, my one goal is to hopefully smack through them as fast as possible just to get through to the other side. Like, I, you know, I... I yeah, there's very little, I don't know, it's not a huge amount of personality that I have with many of them other than, okay, these are the things that will prevent me and I'll lose my rings. Um, you tell that to my little cousin's drawing I book. Know. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they all look a bit like yeah. metal Pokemon, which is kind of totally. really, if, if they weren't all made of metal and they were all like just like more natural colours other than looking chromed over, they would absolutely pass for Pokemon and people would probably love them at that point. Um so yeah, they are very Pokemon looking. If you look at the like a, a, a scribble sheet of all the 
enemy types on it. Um, it's it's actually quite comical how Pokemonish they are. Mm. Pre Pokemon, yes, indeed. Um, yeah, Eggman bosses. Um, well, the the, the the it starts very, very, very gentle. I mean, I think Drill Drill, Drill Eggman is is possibly one of the easiest bosses in video gaming history. Uh, although when he fires his Drill nose cone off, it has caught me on more than one occasion. I'll admit. Um, but yeah, I think I think they actually did okay with the bosses here broadly. Uh, the one I find the most frustrating, unsurprisingly, is the pinball one um, because you have to kind of yeah, you have to you're at the mercy of pinball flippers to an extent. You can kind of try to hit him directly from underneath, but he has a a big old electrical hitbox that's that prevents you from doing so so you end up kind of flipping around above him and trying to land on him but of course then he's off the screen and yeah it's all a bit of a palaver but um most of the others are, are pretty fair and quite well judged i would say any uh any favorites or not favorites jamie uh yeah for me in fact i was going to bring up that exact one you just mentioned because if, mm. if you'd have asked me you know maybe a week ago which one was my most hated i probably would have said that exact one you know <laughs> seen on right. night you have to flip above him but actually this only just happened to me the other day. I played through Casino Night. I got to the the top of the screen above yeah. all of the little barriers and pinballs. I came mm. down, got a lucky hit on Robotnik, bounced back to the top of the screen, and I had a mental map of where he was, you know, mm-hmm. kind of his movement speed. And I never once touched the ground, managed to kill him in, in one go and, and had, like, no problems Class. whatsoever. But, but I've had times, you know, in the past, you know, 15, 20 years ago, <laughs> where I, I, you know, it's took me five, six, seven attempts to kind of get around that stuff. So, but that that one more recently is interesting. Um, but generally speaking, the ones I find the hardest are any stage where you don't have a solid platform to stand on, or there's kind yeah. of water. Yeah. So that you know, the one Carl mentioned, the <laughs> chemical plant one with the, the uh, he comes out the water and oh, fires the spike. Oh, oh. Yeah, that that kind of stuff. Um, th- there's another one. I think it might be in one of the fire levels. It might be, is it hilltop? I think it is. Uh, submarine submarine Eggman comes out the lava. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, and a couple yeah. of those. And and I think the main reason for them ones is you have to kind of time it right when to jump on him because the window of opportunity is pretty small. But equally, yeah. you're actually jumping into danger. And, and yes. sometimes with the yeah. physics, with the bounciness of the character, it always feels feels like a bit a, random. To- yeah. Totally. It, and and the thing is. Your safety of the platform that you've left can also be unsafe because of the spark flames that it'll put across them. So yeah, you've but got there, two. Exactly, yeah. there's a constant Again. pattern, and, and comparatively to some of the, the games I've yeah. played from them from this era and bosses that have been ridiculous. You know, I've watched oh, I've yeah, watched my yeah. nine year old master through these things without too much difficulty. So you know, yes, they are quite yeah. learnable, and yeah, they have their moments. I think Mecha Sonic, who is another character who's introduced for the first time here that is uh, since returned is is possibly uh my most frustrating actually when i think about it um but again very learnable um it's just it just felt like it lasted a long yeah time a lot of, a lot time. of hits and uh and a small hitbox yeah definitely yeah i think on the the master system version just on that one i can't, mm. I can't remember if it's different on the sonic 2 you know i'd have to look it up but on the master system 
you you have to wait till he crashes into a wall and then you can jump on his head so that's your small window that's of opportunity right. yeah, yeah but then immediately after that he will home in on exactly where you are and you have to jump at the perfect time to almost Ooh. do a parry yeah. in midair and yes. uh, that, yes. that is super unforgiving like you said maybe cuphead you've... style yeah exactly yeah. it's exactly the same yeah. as cuphead and then it's a rinse and repeat and, and you know whereas they normally might take you know five or six hits it's the same thing he's taking you know 12 to 15 hits of rinse yeah. and repeat the parry hit parry hit and avoid you know, parry hit avoid mm. Good. <laughs> uh, back on the bonus stages magical isopod says by the gods even if i enjoyed them they drag on for way too long collecting x number of rings is all well and good but tales exists <laughs> in these levels strictly to shed rings on your behalf immensely frustrating i refer the honorable gentleman to the comment i made some moments ago turn him off <laughs> <laughs> at the start at the start uh you you can't you can't euthanize him sadly on <clears throat> on the on the bonus stages hyperdeath 84 says uh, from our forum on that uh, dragon ball z reference dragon ball z is a bit like punk music for me in that i appreciate it inspiring things that i like but i don't like the thing itself supersonic is clearly a super cyan ripoff and i'm totally fine with that it's a great re reward for mastering the special stages and adds some replay value to the game too as you can rip through stages with very few worries other than drowning or pits. Yeah, I mean, I did absolutely. Um, I can, uh, when I first got this cartridge on Sonic Tuesday 1992, I think I probably completed the game the same, probably the night after uh, getting it. Like, uh, played it all day, went to work, came back, completed it either that night or, or early the next morning. But of course, I didn't have all the Chaos Emeralds, so I immediately had replay value to go and uh, to go and do it again and, and get the good ending, which was cool. On the bosses, Jobo Bonobo from our forum says, I do not enjoy the final boss. It is too long and with no rings, one mistake and you have to do the whole thing again. I might have to put up with that when I was... I might have put up with that when I was younger, but nowadays I want a bit more of a fighting chance. The fact that you have to be so precise on when to hit him also makes things extra frustrating and, oddly, the very opposite of the high-octane shenanigans of the rest of the game. Dodging, waiting and hitting at the exact right moment are fine for most other games but feels too methodical for Sonic. Again, it's those flying spiky fists that will do you. Um, but uh, if you watch like a video of somebody uh, you know, super playing Sonic 2, you'll see they don't even wait for him to do his thing. They just they just uh, time the hit above his, even when he's standing up above his spiky wrists, because you can do that. Um, it's just very high risk for mortals. <laughs> you shared, uh, Jamie, you shared a cool video. Um, this is actually not possible just within Sonic 2, unless you have the Sega Ages version, or indeed possibly the uh, Sonic Origins version. Um, but of course, Sonic and Knuckles brought the possibility of Sonic 2 and Knuckles lock on in 1994. And um, yeah, there's a there's a, a video of somebody basically ab using and abusing Knuckles capabilities to rack up an insane score on Emerald Hill 2. Yeah, I, I, I sent that video around because 
you know, out of all the topics we've been covering, the scar attack, time attack, and speedrun kind of stuff is probably the area that I've done the least amount of, you know, kind of gameplay. And, you know, normally I've completed the game or I've got the Chaos Emeralds. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. when I started looking into this kind of stuff and just referring back to the thing I said about the, um, you know, the Casino Night Boss, it feels like there's a game within a game, which is to never yeah. touch the ground, but equally <laughs> to know exactly the exact, the exact position of the next thing that's going to bounce you back up in the air. And that's exactly yeah. what's in that video is Knuckles is in the air for, you know, at least 45 seconds, lands on enemies who are on a perfect, you know, trajectory flight path, multiplying his score at all the same time. And if you watch the full video, you know, eventually it gets to five minutes, they get a perfect, they've killed every single enemy and they get two life gains, you know, over and over again. And I think it's, um, nice. it, it, it's interesting where it's not so much about going fast, it's just about doing everything. But also, yeah. you know the thing that we mentioned about casino night as well is i think people probably get frustrated with the you know the, the, the games and the you know the, the slot reels and things but i imagine they have a high score potential you know for, as you said for the people who aren't me immortals mm. but for the me immortals it's actually a really good level for you know racking up mm. the number of lives that you can get because of the number of rings yeah. that you can collect so i, th- I think there's probably a a meta in there somewhere for all types of players uh, to play the game differently. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure it, I haven't actually uh, had chance to kind of go to the uh, GDQ type things and look, but I, I imagine that Sonic 2 gets a reasonable amount of outings at uh, games done quick type type scenarios. You can, um, you can get a 50,000 point bonus on the Mega Drive version for completing a level in 29 seconds or less. But how many of the actual levels are, are, is that actually possible on? Uh, like, not many, I would suggest. Not many at all. Yeah. Not that I'm aware no. of. Uh, it's been a, it has been a while since I've seen a run of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So I do, obviously, as obviously Leon knows, I watch a lot of the GDQ yeah. stuff almost religiously. Um, and I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I mean, some of them are staggering yeah. in terms of the precision to go through like gaps and know how far to range the jumps from um and which enemies to bounce off etc mm. to be able to do this so it's definitely possible from memory on some levels but um certainly in under 29 seconds i'm not entirely mm. sure there's the certainly not most i would no. say uh are not under that time albeit certainly not far off yeah one uh, curious mechanic I didn't really know about in the 8-bit version is so the, the signpost or bonus panel at the end of the Master System or Game Gear levels, um, what appears on them is dictated by certain conditions. So uh, if you don't meet any of the below conditions, Dr. Eggman appears on the signpost. So you'll see that a lot. No prize awarded. You get 10 rings and a ring picture if... Uh, if you end the act with a ring count that is a multiple of 10, okay, so you get 10 more rings, which is points in that scenario, fine. If you finish the act with exactly two fewer lives than you started the act, you get an extra life. <laughs> That's odd. So, so it's always minus one. So, so in yeah. some cases, it's better off always taking a risk if you've already died once, I suppose. Maybe that's Maybe that's the point of it. That's yeah, that's good thinking. Yeah. And also, uh, other than uh I yeah, I don't know um 
yeah, I guess you still have to spend a Chaos Emerald, but you can earn a continue by finishing the act with 77 rings and exactly the same number of lives as when you started the act. So you can have lost that's one and gained specific. one. Yeah. Um, so that's something you could actually very specifically aim for. Curious mechanics, I think. It Were you aware of those as a, as a youngster, Jamie? No, definitely not. I mean, that, that wasn't in the manual, from, from you know, where, where, <laughs> no. where I can recall. But, <laughs> Don't but, be daft. No, <laughs> no but, but, now, but now that you mention that, it's interesting because I, I remember, you know, Sonic 1, you had the thing where you could keep knocking the, the ring post like, mm. into the air, I think. And then I think when I you, played... You could, yeah. Sonic 3, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yes, mm. yeah, Sonic 3, yeah. And then Sonic 2, I always remember, you get to the end of the stage and sometimes you would see Sonic's face and sometimes you wouldn't. And honestly, just thinking... I got yeah. lucky. Or, 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 I just random. Random. Yeah. Yeah. or it was time. You know, I thought, oh, maybe I just wasn't fast enough, you know, to get the Sonic face this time round. But literally, any any more conditions than that, especially when you're talking about 77 rings. And as I said earlier, if you had 77 rings and you lost them, you would only actually get maybe two or three of them rebated. So it's it's, so it's extremely <laughs> difficult uh, in, 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 well, in the Master System game, especially. Ashman86 from our forum says Sonic 2 is, I think, the quintessential game sequel, a remix of the best Sonic 1 had to offer with the proverbial dial turned up to 11. The colours more vibrant, the movement faster, the music and sound crunchier. And it added two player co-op. And no matter how janky or impractical it was, what could be more important to a young child forced to share the game with a younger sibling? So, yeah, I think beyond that first day, I didn't play much co-op at all but i did play some of the split screen multiplayer which was albeit very slow at times and treacly i had some good fun uh with that uh, it was a bit of a coding marvel um i'm not sure which which of them whether it was knacker or mark cerny or uh one of the team anyway worked out how to effectively display two um two mega drive screens one on top of the other in a compressed uh interlaced mode and understandably it slows the it's absolutely killing the processor but it was just about playable at times and it had a sort of fun mechanic where you played over three rounds and the winner of the most rounds um won the game the competition and yeah i, I don't think this this wasn't an all-timer and it certainly didn't last for long but when it was new i, I had some fun times with it did anyone else ever play this mode yes so um, as as I've mentioned, uh, I had one friend with uh, a Mega Drive, and then I had uh, obviously my mum's friend that used to look after me and her two daughters. So it was a perfect opportunity to be able to play it in co op. Um, it wasn't as smooth. It it, it it felt a little constrained, which you'd have thought I'd have been comfortable with having played the Game Gear version. Uh, but it it felt a little bit weird on the telly. But it was definitely impressive that it's there. And I think looking back, it's one of the things I'm more impressed with now than I was at the time, um, particularly for a game that, you know, moved as quick mm. as it did to be able to get split screen working um, back then on that system with the game that it was. I like I say, I don't know who was responsible for it, but maybe 343 should have a word with them um, and figure out how to get split screen wow. in their games. <laughs> He's managed uh, to get a Halo Infinite dig into a Sonic <laughs> 2 podcast. Amazing. <laughs> Um, but definitely, definitely impressive, and yeah, being able to control uh, the, the the characters uh, was definitely a lot of fun. I know that uh, my mum's friends' daughters um, 
Samantha and Leanne at the time were a lot happier to play it than I was. I was always the, you got, you got to remember, I'm an only child, right? Like, I don't really share very well. Um, I'm better now as an adult. As a kid, I wasn't uh, especially good at it. So I was like, you two can play split screen, but when it's my goal, no. (laughs) So um, I did play some, but it's definitely not something I played a lot of. Uh, But like I say, looking back on it, it's quite It almost certainly aided sales to parents because parents are always like, uh, especially back then when they were less, generally less video game uh, literate, it was like, Okay, they can play it together, the, the the two kids or whoever, or you know me and them or whatever. And I think that even if it was a kind of box ticking exercise in that respect, you know, we saw we saw that sort of thing. I guess maybe it does still go on, but certainly we've seen um, quote box ticking multiplayer modes added to uh, video games right up until recently in the industry. We're running quite long, but um, I just want to point listeners towards the. Uh, there's a set of videos. Um, by Tetrabit Gaming on YouTube, which uh, three three videos covering all the prototypes and lost bits and cut content and unused zones and debug mode and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there was a whole thing around the Hidden Palace zone, which was in the beta but not in the final release and used in previews. Uh, there was a, a mysterious screenshot of what appeared to be a desert. Um, so there's all that stuff out there to kind of look into for extra content um a number of sonic Pro- 2 prototypes have, have been leaked since the game's release first uh, discovered in 1999 playing a significant role in the development of the archeo gaming scene uh, and we mentioned knuckles the echidna in we'll probably come back to that when we cover sonic and knuckles one other aspect that i couldn't go past without mentioning is the legendary fan project that is or was Sonic the Hedgehog 2 HD. Now, I remember seeing screens of this. So apparently it entered development in 2008, but I swear I remember seeing Sonic 2 HD mock-ups like back in the early 2000s, maybe? Does anyone else, was it, did anyone else follow this project as Sonic fans? Didn't necessarily follow it, but Not- I did see it online at one point. Yeah, it's... The- we all experienced the, the talk of, of of HD versions. And I mean, this is still something that's incredibly popular to these days, right? I mean, we, we've seen them for so many games and some are successful, like Black Mesa. Some get canned, like the Resident Evil 4 one. Um, and then I remember seeing the Sonic 2 stuff, which actually looked, you know, pretty fantastic. Yeah. It, looked re- it looked super crisp. Um, and... Yeah, it just kind of seemed to have disappeared. Yeah, it, it got and shut. To my knowledge, Sega aren't as brutal as say no. Nintendo at shutting down. Stuff well, no, out. well that's it. Well, it got it got it got not shut down, but basically, you know, people stopped working on it for for their own reasons or whatever else. Then it got resurrected in 2014 by a new team. Um, but obviously, I imagine it would be difficult to release without Sega's say so or backing. Um, I mean, Sega have obviously recently worked with. Uh, by letting their legacy IPs go out to people, as with Panzer Dragoon and Streets of Rage, but obviously they're still making money from multiple versions of Sonic 2. So it would be quite weird if they didn't. But if they if they rated it highly enough, um, they could have potentially given it the official seal well, of approval. Yeah. Interestingly, there is a Sonic uh, 2 Master System remake 
still available, which came out in 2020, which is the Master System version, but with extra features, bells and whistles, runs on Android and PC. That has not been taken down. So your guess is as good as mine. Is that just purely down to the availability of the Master System Maybe version so. of Sonic yeah. 2? Because... You know, we already we've already kind of covered the fact that the Game Gear version was in uh, a couple of GameCube games, um, and yet the Mass System version, like the Mass System, was basically gone out of America at this point. It really, it's something that happened. It was a big deal in Europe. Uh, it's just something that exists, but not something that seems to have been sort of captured. So is it just kind of? Mm. Almost, albeit a, a very, very official Sega project, seems to have almost turned kind of vaporware. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, Jamie, obviously you have, uh, you potentially could have Sega's ear in a professional capacity. <laughs> so, have uh, a word. Yeah, if you just uh, put, put the bribe, you know, the brown envelope of my desk and see yeah, what I can do. I no mean, it, it's interesting, <laughs> as, as I said, I, you know, redacted kind of things and things behind the scenes. I, I'm, I'm sure that things like that will make you know, an appearance at some, some stage. That's not, that's not me saying that there will be a HD version, by the way, but no, I no, just no, think, sure. um, you know, it, it's, it's only time and demands that kind of comes around for this kind of stuff. I just, the only thing I think with the HD kind of remake is it's just one of those where you don't want to go from the, the pixelated kind of classic look that we mentioned earlier to something which is much more rounded in cutesy and kind of loses that kind of hard edge you know for, for the sake of adding extra pixels to the screen i think that's mm. the thing but so long as there's a demand for it yeah and as i said i, I saw some clips and some snippets of, of things kind of online there's an image that's still on google you know if you search for the sonic 2 yeah. logo on google it'll come up as a hd image but um right. you know I'm, I'm sure at some point is if the demand is right and the time is right that you know it'll make a reappearance well, yeah. I, I would say that yeah, sega struggled <laughs> with sonic for a long time haven't they just trying to get the no, no, just trying to get that balance of kind of making the old an audience. I'm never too sure what the Sonic audience want because you've got one half of the audience that want just to kind of have that 2D feel again, you know, feel like kids. And you've got the, there is a big audience actually that absolutely love the 3D stuff and, you know, really, you know, long for that. And then, oh, yeah, the new game coming out, which seems yeah. to be all over the place, you know, trying to reach for something that, doesn't that nobody really want it's just it's yeah sonic as a franchise now just seems so so scattershot i mean sonic 4 was a complete it, it, it mess does. <laughs> it's it, it, the sonic franchise has felt for a long long time now that it has taken one step forward and two steps back um you know you get something like origins which i think is quite well liked i'm trying to think is it sonic colors no, generations well you're or thinking of generations is... yeah generations yeah. was well liked um, and then they go and do something like Unleashed, um, which, you know, we're talking like a Resident Evil 6 moment where you're borderline killing a franchise and then it comes back with something strong. And then it's had its spin-offs, its 3Ds, trying to have its Mario 64 moment. It's never had that as impressive as, you know, Sonic Adventure looked at the time. It wasn't Mario 64. I mean, it was a million miles off. It's gone through its Sonic Racing ones to match Mario Kart, which have done really well. And they're a lot of fun. So it's kind of done okay in that aspect, but it just feels like it's never been able to um, get all that momentum in all areas all at once, whereas, you know, Mario has had its glory in 2D and continues to have that. And it's not all been Rosie and Mario, of course. It's had its 3D 
era, which again is going well. It's had its car era, which has gone well. It's had its like Olympic spin-offs and all these other things that just seem to keep going well. And you know, the Smash Brothers stuff, like Mario just feels like it's unstoppable and it's felt like Sega have tried to match it. And they just don't. But I've always felt like Sega have going. actually listened to the fans. I think they, they they have at times tried to bring the fans, and I think in some regards that's where they've got themselves in a bit of a muddle. It's always almost like Nintendo just don't listen to anybody and make the games that they want to make and just get on <laughs> with it. Like you know, sometimes the fans, you know, as we're all fans of games, sometimes we don't actually know what we want. You know, and it's like just listening to all over the place. So I don't know. Like I feel like. <laughs> Sonic 2 like there there is great high res or not necessarily high res versions but you know the version I played on the Switch is you know it it feels like a yeah it feels like a modern day very you know very colourful you know runs a a decent frame rate like all those things it almost feels like do we need a Sonic 2 HD sure but it's not like you know I mean, yes, you have to remember when when, when when this project started in two thousand and eight. Oh, absolutely. Uh, thing, but, you know, we're talking really about different. like you know, should they should they pick us up something like that and carry on? It's, it's not like the game hasn't been available to play in a thousand other different ways. It's you know, it's we talked to us at the start. It's not necessarily always been there to play well a no. thousand other ways. I guess since two thousand and eight, as Leon was kind of alluding to, we've now got a yeah. very good Sega Ages Multiple version. versions. Yeah, mm. Kez eighty six from the forum. With another haiku, you got to go fast. Vibrant, well-designed tales, a gentle challenge. Your mileage may vary. Your miles per hour may vary. Psycho Hype from the forum finally says, I've been a diehard fan of this game ever since I was 11 years old when we got Sonic 2 as the pack-in game for our Sega Genesis Model 2. As a kid, my favourite stage of the game was probably Casino Night Zone. There was just something about the combination of pinball, slot machines and the glitzy sights and sounds reminiscent of real world Las Vegas that hit all the right notes for me. I also remember trying to see just how fast I could zip through the industrial speedway that was a chemical plant zone stage one. Even as an adult, everything about this game just feels right. And I find myself appreciating some of the more overlooked stages like the beautiful aquatic ruin zone, a level where I always try my best to stay on the upper portions of the level Mm -hmm. for as long as possible. Almost 30 years on, Sonic 2 is still one of those games I could play any time and be happy. And as soon as I've pressed start, I can't help but see it all the way through to the end in one sitting. I normally bail about halfway. (laughs) (laughs) In three words, uh, follow us on social media at Kane and Rince. Jamie, would you mind kicking us off? Yes. So Luna Looney says, get lost, Tales. Deadbeat Punk, split screen, slow down misery. Cantonar's ghost says broken palace promises. Game, game show. This one's all right. Hard says third year earworms. And Tolkien Taters says superb Sega goodness. Thanks one and all. Now, yes, we are running long, so brief summaries, please, would be appreciated. Uh, would you recommend Sonic 2 at this point? Your overall overriding feelings towards it. And uh, yeah, that'll do it nicely. Tony, let's start with you. Absolutely. Um, on this very show, many a time I've gone back to a Stone Cold, in my head, a Stone Cold classic, and I've come up slightly short. And this isn't one of them. I I had a joyful time playing through Super Sonic 2 again. Um, nice. Be it the earworms of the tunes, be it the sound effects, be it the speed, be it, okay, the, the back end of the game isn't as strong as, as the first, but hey, that is what it is. But also, I've had a brilliant time watching... 
my daughters play through Sonic 2 um, and have just as much fun. And seeing that the game actually holds up really well. Some of those mechanics that made sense way back up in, in the early 90s still actually carry through today. And it's not one of these uh, games from that era where they pick up and play for two or three minutes, realize actually how incredible excruciatingly hard it is and bail <laughs> within 20 seconds like all those little charms that actually bring a smile to my face we're bringing a smile to you know a nine-year-old girl's face which um yeah i think is is probably just as powerful as anything i can actually talk about you know playing it today as a a, a guy with kind of these rose-tinted nostalgia specs on that we quite often have is the fact that I see a new generation play for it with just as much joy as there's there's you know probably nine-year-old well would have been nine-year-old of me at the time but you know 12 14 year old me at the time um so yeah thoroughly thoroughly loved and it doesn't outstay its welcome either you know, the speed the speed of the game feels great the sound of the game is is still brilliant um you know and it's you know if you know what you're doing you can be in and out within hour two hours time and yeah really highly recommended playing on the switch as well because it just feels like a perfectly natural place to be to be playing although that's weird isn't it playing the sega game perfectly natural place on a nintendo handheld a sega uh, a sega home console game on a on a nintendo uh, handheld natural yeah i know there's, there's a part of <laughs> yeah. me that's just died saying that's up that, that, that time's a change it's fine that is it is so, everyone knows what yeah, you mean thoroughly thoroughly loved playing through sonic 2 oh, again it's nice oh it's like you know when i do send you back on on these missions obviously you volunteered but <laughs> but it's always good when it was uh when it was a pleasure carl how about you yeah, I think if I had to describe Sonic 2 in a word, it would be robust. Um, 30 years is a long time. There's a lot of games that have been considered classics from around that era era, and a lot since that you go back to and you start to see the flaws in the formula and it doesn't quite feel right and it doesn't grab you in the, in the, in the same way that it maybe once did. Um, Sonic 2 doesn't fall into that category. It maintains its place as a genuine classic of the 2D platform uh, genre. Uh, it has a lot of great touches that even now, 30 years on, which is staggering to think um, that 30 years have passed, that still make me smile. So, you know, uh, Sonic teetering on the edge of something and trying to keep his balance in the animation, you know, the, probably the the infamous finger wagging, the um, flipping off the the boards and, and, and you know, the, the animation that goes there, the, the little special stage things where the first time I figured that I could go up over the wall and flip all the way around the top and just thinking that that was really cool and I still kind of love that I can do that now. And just seeing all these little touches really does kind of cement its place that, yeah, this is something that, a lot of uh, you know care went into to create this this game and just maintains its its place uh, kind of in the echelons of of all time um, classic games uh, and certainly very much so classic Sega and I think now that we actually have legitimately good ways to play uh, Sonic Hedgehog two and that's the important part that now we have true faithful good recreations, not sloppy emulation is definitely something that I would recommend. And that would be the Sega Ages uh, version on the Switch. Or you could bust out original hardware on a cathode ray tube, of course. Oh, if, if you yeah, if, that, if that's an option, yeah. because uh, as I said, the Mega Drive controller does make this game a whole lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Yeah, so for me, uh, I would actually probably put Sonic 2 as my least favorite of the 
for Mega Drive titles, which is the version that I know well. I don't have the same history with the Master System game. As I say, if I'd played it first in, say, 89, um, before it existed, I, I would have been absolutely, my socks would have been uh, gone. But um, but as it is, um, it, it always sat as the, the inferior cousin, um, little brother or whatever of the of the Mega Drive version for me. Um, and yeah, it's quite a tough and frustrating experience to play now. So if you have nostalgia for it, then all power to you um, and continue to love it as you do. The Despite being the, the, the fourth, my fourth favorite of the four Mega Drive Sonic games, I still enjoy it a lot. I think it does show signs of its kind of difficult and rushed development between two teams from japan and america i think there there are certain elements about it which feel maybe inconsistent and um it's got a few little quirks and foibles which perhaps some of the other games in the series don't but overall it was still a a, a great time a flash fun sequel with a utterly memorable soundtrack and uh it was actually quite good for me for the show to go back and play some of those later levels that i often you know, bailed on in recent years and got got back to knocking Robotnik off into space once more because, uh, yeah, still have a good time with it. And as Carl says, yeah, I think M2's Sega Ages version, if not M2's 3D Sega Ages version on the 3DS, uh, very good ways to play now if you don't have access to the original. But even if you've only got one of the other versions, you still have a good time with those first few levels, I would think. Let's conclude with our guest, Jamie. Yeah, so, um, yeah, some interesting thoughts there. I mean, for me, I I think this set, the bar that hadn't been, you know, for the two Sonic games that hadn't been surpassed until, for me, Sonic Mania kind of came out. Um, so- Sonic Mania ended up being like the sequel to Sonic Two that I kind of always wanted. Obviously, there was yeah. there was three and a couple of other games kind of in between that point, but ultimately it set that kind of benchmark. Um, I think if I was going to recommend it to somebody, I would put it in this kind of way, which is, you know, if if the only level that they ever played was Emerald Hill Zone kind of one, mm-hmm. realistically, that has the best of what Sonic has to offer. You know, it's the classic kind of visuals. It's the orange checker pattern. It's the lush green grass. It's mm. very easy comparatively to the rest of the game. And I think that's where kind of Sonic you know, really suits it best is it's free flowing. The best Sonic levels for me are always the ones where you give up the reins to enjoy the roller coaster ride. You know, you you find yourself off the ramp, and where you're going to land is, you know, generally speaking, they're the, they're the best levels where you're not going to land into a death pit. You're just going to keep that momentum going, and I think that's what you know Emerald Hill Zone gives you uh, throughout. The sen- sensation of speed is fantastic, especially on that level. The pixel art, the hand rendered art, especially on the cover of the game. Um, you know, the Sega logo, as mentioned earlier, you know, Sonic running past. you got the classic kind of iconic visuals. And now it's on so many platforms that there's not really, you know, any excuse to, to, to not play it. Although your mileage may vary, especially if you play it on, you know, Android or something else um, with that. But generally speaking, I'd just say that it's it's probably had a big impact on, you know, to where I've got to today, you know, to kind of end where we started it's not to say that yeah. I'm in games because of Sonic, but certainly it was probably one of the first stepping stones on that path kind of towards it. And as I say, it's been, a, um, you know, this, this kind of cycle through my life where, you know, certain people have come across at Sega or I've had friends, you know, for a long time. We've played Sonic since the early days, you know, my classic kind of Master System console, my first touch on the pad for games, pretty much, you know, this or Alex Kid. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. But generally speaking, Sonic 2... 
if I had to choose from the bunch, um, I would thoroughly recommend this to everybody. Beautiful. Thanks so much for joining us. It just remains for me, Leon, to thank Carl, Tony, and Jamie. Jamie, you got any uh, social media presence or anything you want to plug to our listeners? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter um, most of the time. Uh, so I'm at Smithstock, S M I T H S T zero C K. Um, but again, I'm, I'm on the usual places otherwise, you know, LinkedIn and so on. Beautiful. And uh, hopefully next time you join us, you'll maybe at least one of the projects you're working on will have been announced so we can say it out loud, uh, maybe. Yeah, hopefully so. But also it depends on how big those uh, bra- big brown paper bags that come my way are. With, uh, <laughs> yeah, with, 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 sure. with notes. Subscribe to our Patreon uh, if you're interested, listeners. Uh, also, thanks to Editor Jay and our correspondents for all your Sonic 2 memories and of course, you for listening next time in issue 542. Very different matter indeed with Neo. <laughs>